Hey, welcome. Welcome to Virtual Church Week 3. How are you guys doing? You're starting to feel like the days are running together. Maybe it's not really Sunday, it's like a Saturday or something. I know I am definitely feeling that way this week. There are times this week where it's just felt monotonous and I try to get into a rhythm and I end up just getting into my own agenda and not being present with my family. And that does happen, there's no doubt about it. And I'm trying to get out of that. I'm trying to make each day matter. <laughs> it's difficult right now. I don't know if you feel that way or not because I can easily get caught up in just staring at my phone or working on a house project or what have you. And just this Friday, I decided to trim our dog, Honey. And if you've never seen her before, she's kind of like a warthog with a small little terrier face. She's so cute. Um, but she, she's not flexible at all. And I'm trying to trim her up. I'm using electric clippers, doing the whole thing. And finally, I get to her face and I nick her ear and it bleeds profusely. So we were able to get it to stop um, for a little while. And then after about an hour, she scratched her ear and it started bleeding again. And Chrissy sat on the couch for like an hour and held it um, with some paper towels so that the bleeding would stop. And it did, but... As I was standing in the living room, Chrissy was like, hey, I think it's time to bring her in. Um, this isn't going to stop. And, um, you know, honestly, <clears throat> being the practical person that I am, <laughs> or some would say a cheapskate, I said, hold on a second. How about I go to PetSmart? I'll pick up one of those cones. We'll put it on her and then she won't mess with it. And we'll be fine. We won't have to go to the, the uh, vet and... You know, Chrissy said, you know, no, I really think it's important that we take her in because I don't want to go through the entire night thinking about her and if it bleeds again, you know, all those issues. And I, I just responded, don't panic. Don't panic. Calm down. And you all know the visceral reaction that we get when we tell someone to calm down. You all know the visceral reaction you feel when someone else tells you to calm down. So you can see that that probably didn't go the direction I wanted to at that point. I was frustrated. She was frustrated. Ah, yes, it was not the best experience ever. Um, but eventually we were able to get a cone from, from the PetSmart nearby. And um, she hasn't touched it much. And I think she's going to be fine. But can you all relate? Does it seem like we're all a little more on edge than normal right now? This day, by the way, has been crazy already this morning. You know, just outside my room where I'm recording this, just outside my room is a six-stack uh, shoe rack. It's a six-layer shoe rack laying on its side with all the shoes in a pile in the middle of our hallway because I think our cat knocked it over. I mean, there have been so many things. I stubbed my toe like four times today and probably 10 this entire week. I don't know what it is, but we all feel a little extra on edge right now. Can you feel that too? <laughs> I know I do. Ugh. It's like one of those things where I'm pretty sure we just need to take a deep breath. I'm pretty sure we need to take a deep breath, maybe be a little bit more patient. And I remember it was just on a Zoom call that Mark McCandless and a few of us were on. Mark said something I really appreciated. He said, in this time of uncertainty, we just need to put one foot in front of the other. 
Amen. Whew. Yeah, just take a deep breath. Breathe a little bit. So this being the Sunday before Easter, Palm Sunday, we're focusing on the triumphal entry. This is when Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem and he comes on in this big parade and everybody's excited and he and it's not a big parade. And that's the crazy thing about it. And we find that in John 12, 12 through 19. No doubt, everybody is excited to see Jesus come into Jerusalem. But did they expect him to come in the way he did? Let's read in John 12, 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things that were written about him and these things that had been done to him. Now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead and continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed the sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Guys, this is such a strange way to announce the arrival of the one who would eventually launch a never-ending worldwide revolution called The Way. The Holman Bible Dictionary has a great summary of this encounter, and I want to read it right now. The entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem on Sunday prior to the crucifixion due to the fact that palm branches were placed before him. This day is often called Palm Sunday, as we know. The event is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all accounts agree in substance with each adding certain detail. And we read from John, whether by prearrangement or by divine foreknowledge, the disciples found a colt in Bethpage, as Jesus had described. It is likely that Christ rode the donkey for more, the difficult part of the journey, transferring to a colt upon actually entering Jerusalem. There a large crowd applauded him, spreading the word, and they threw branches down and garments, and they acknowledged him as the son of David. The triumphal entry is a vital significance in understanding the messianic mission of Jesus. Prior to this moment, Jesus had refused to allow any public acknowledgement of him being the Messiah. By conducting his ministry outside of Jerusalem, he avoided further intensification of conflict with the Jewish religious leaders. Now, however, the time was at hand. The opponents of Jesus understood the strong messianic implications of the manner of his entry into Jerusalem. They understood the riding upon the colt, the garments, and the palm branches, and the road, and the shouts of multitude. All this pointed to Jesus as Messiah. So when he was urged to quiet the people, Jesus replied, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. And that's in Luke 19, 40. And the last bit from Holman Bible Dictionary. Ironically, though the triumphal entry was a public acceptance of being the Messiah and presented a direct challenge to his enemies, it must have been a disappointment to many of his followers. Can you imagine what they would have expected? Christ did not enter Jerusalem upon a war horse of conquest. No, he did not enter that way, but instead upon a colt. 
and he was representing humility. As a result, religious leaders demanded his crucifixion, while the multitudes ultimately turned away with indifference. Can you imagine that? This week of Lent is focused primarily on humility, isn't it? In the context of Jesus' parade into Jerusalem, it reminds me of the pomp and circumstance of another great story. Being a child of the 80s and 90s, I'll never forget watching Aladdin in the movie theater. And did you watch it? Did you watch it with your kids? Or were you a kid? Do you remember that? Aladdin. Ah, oh, I loved it so much. I do believe it was probably my favorite movie at the time. And I know it was groundbreaking as far as animation and the innovation there. The scene that sticks out in my mind in the context of Palm Sunday is when the genie grants Aladdin his first wish. And what was it? It was genie. I wish to become a prince. And he did. The scene sticks out in my mind because the genie grants his wish and he makes a whole fancy entourage and they set out to Princess Jasmine's kingdom. Do you remember the song? I, I remember it. Make way for Prince Ali. Do you remember that? Oh, I totally remember it. And we still sing it with our kids sometimes. Well, they're not singing with us, trust me. They're probably just embarrassed. <laughs> but the parade into Princess Jasmine's kingdom was fashioned to be the grandest entry of royalty beyond anyone's wildest imagination. The wealth, the fame, the servants. It was a world-class menagerie. <laughs> of course, all of this came crumbling down for Aladdin. We find that out because eventually he was discovered to be a poor thief. In our day today, as followers of the way, how are we masquerading? How are we masquerading? How are we showing false humility? In the irony of Jesus' modesty, how is Christ-like humility shaping your life? Doesn't it seem tiresome and exhausting when we try to please everyone? I can't do it. I don't want to do it anymore. How would that feel, giving ourselves permission to stop pleasing everyone, stop masquerading as if we're some royalty, stop masquerading as if our lives are perfect. You go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you, no matter where we go, you see that. You see that we're trying to portray ourselves as something that we're really not. Can you imagine the relief if we just let go of some of that? Can you imagine it? Where, where does this stem from? Where, why do we want to inflate ourselves in the presence of others? The constant pressure to be as good or better than our peers, to be something we're not. Wouldn't it give us a massive sense of relief to simply lay down the measuring stick? Ah, I no longer have to measure up to other people's expectations. Now, you're in your closed home. You've got social media just jamming down your throat in so many different ways. Lots of good, encouraging ways. And I love to see the things that are happening right now in the midst of this pandemic. Um, but in a lot of ways, there's still more of that comparison. There's still more of, oh, I'm just not as good as so-and-so. And why do we live like that? Why can't we just be the real us? What if we stopped comparing ourselves to everyone else? What if you stopped comparing yourself to everyone else and simply got comfortable with the real you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine being comfortable with who you are? Mm. 
It gives me peace. It gives me peace. And I know it might be scary. I know it. But it is a step toward genuine Christ-like humility. Amen. Come on, can we feel that today? And this leads us to loving people in the world that are not like us, that maybe don't measure up. Breathe easy. You're going to be okay. It's time to simply, as Mark said, put one foot in front of the other. See, Jesus, as he rode through Jerusalem, this was not the grand climax of his life. He knew that. He knew this was only the beginning. And this path of Holy Week leads us through his turmoil, the beauty, the sacrifice, and ultimately the victory. Jesus knew facing each and every decision, he just needed to do the next right thing. Now, we just watched another Disney movie with our girls, Frozen 2. And there's a song that speaks to this idea with near perfection. I'm kind of shocked with how powerful and poignant this song is. And here are some of the lyrics. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. This grief has a gravity. It pulls me down, but a tiny voice whispers in my mind, you are lost. Hope is gone, but you must go on and do the next right thing. Can there be a day beyond this night? I don't know anymore what is true. I can't find my direction. I'm all alone. The only star that guided me was you. How to rise from the floor. Take a step. Step again. It is all that I can do. Do the next right thing. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take, but break it down to this next breath, this next step. This next choice is the one that I can make. Then I'll make the choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing. Let's just pray that we can just Put one foot in front of the other and just do the next right thing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that in the midst of this Palm Sunday where we are celebrating your triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that we can know that in the midst of this pandemic, this time that feels very uncertain, that this is not the end. This is simply the beginning. God, we thank you that you are good that you triumph over all things, but in this moment that you are with us, help us to see that we don't have to measure up to someone else's expectations because you are good, because you love us. And God, I just ask today that you would just clothe us in your humility, Lord. You would clothe us in that so that we can take a deep breath, stop striving in our own self-salvation projects, and simply rest in you. Breathe easy and put one foot in front of the other. Amen.